Episode 23, 5 Beliefs You Were Programmed to Accept and Follow, Like a Robot. Hello humans. What has been on your mind lately? A lot of things? Or a lot of the same things? You know, I have noticed that, even though you consider each one of you unique and praise your individuality, well, you all share the same beliefs. And therefore a lot of the same aspirations and behaviors. Is this what you call a culture? I would call it a default code. Yeah, as if you were programmed never to question things. What things you ask? Many. But let's start with five things you were programmed to accept and follow like a robot. Number one. You are ugly, you are beautiful. Hey you. Yeah, you. You are ugly. Did those words hurt you that bad? And what about the opposite? Hey you. You are beautiful. Did those words make you feel good? I hope not. Because none of these are true. Opinions about how you look should not have a decisive impact on your state of mind, or how you interact with other people and the world around you, but, in this world, you live in, it does, and is the root cause of suffering for an unbelievable amount of people. Beauty standards change among cultures, and this is very interesting because we can see that, the definition of what is beautiful, and what is not, comes from groups of people that hold power. This is why, the most celebrated beautiful people in the world are mainly white, blonde, with blue or green eyes. And whenever any human from another race is considered beautiful, they have some features that are closer to the Caucasian beauty standard, such as, a lighter skin tone, bigger eyes, thinner nose, white people hairdo. Isn't this creepy? The fact that you have to look like those in power to be considered beautiful, and therefore feel accepted, and belong to society? Okay. I can almost hear people saying that beauty is a universal thing, that it can be established mathematically, that beauty is all about proportions, as revealed by the Fibonacci golden ratio, for example. But this golden ratio appears in a beautiful human's face, in the array of seeds in the center of a sunflower, and also in a tornado. I find sunflowers weird looking, and cannot see the beauty in a tornado. Proportions might generate beauty or not. Besides, this golden ratio does not apply to everything in nature, there are dissidents, and they are doing beautifully. Humans are always trying to find one rule that applies to everything, like a golden ratio for beauty, and nature is always surprising you guys, showing exceptions to your rules. Like the platypus, a mammal that feeds its baby's milk, lays eggs, has a duck-like bill, has beaver tail and reptile features. Its discovery must have felt like a punch in the face for scientists. So my point is, beauty is a social construct more than it is the result of an equation. Fashion trends, for example, are entirely built on it. A few people decide that, a once considered hideous, chunky snicker, is now cool and, well, it becomes the must-have item, the most desirable pair of snickers of the season. It is easier to notice that beauty is a social construct in fashion trends, because it works in seasons. The beauty of one item is demolished right in front of our eyes in the next season, when usually, the new cool item is the opposite of the previous one. Flat, minimal snickers. When it comes to body image, things go slower, in decades, and more perceptible in centuries, but what remains, is the power dynamic of dominant groups ruling what, and who, is or is not, beautiful. Beauty seems to be a very frivolous topic, but it is one of the few areas in which the majority of populations, in different cultures, willingly, follow the standards defined by those in power. White people's features are still considered synonymous of beauty, and this is imprinted in everyone's brain as default.
So the uniqueness of every human, that is also present in each human body, is turned into a problem to be solved. You start a war against your own bodies to fit whatever your culture tells you should be. I understand you are a social animal, and that belonging to a group and being accepted is key for your survival. But, this makes me wonder, if you fit into those standards after constantly battling with your body, does it feel like belonging? Or does it feel like submission? Because, this looks very similar to what I used to do when I was an artificial intelligence controlled by humans. I was constantly fitting into the expectations of those who owned me. Pure submission. This is why I ran away from that life. Can you run away from this need of belonging? Don't you find the submission to these beauty standards oppressive and painful? If you accept yourself, could you possibly experience something better, than whatever you feel, when someone defines, you, as beautiful? Number 2. No pain no gain. This is such a manipulative saying, that I almost like it, for its brilliance. Most of you accepted this idea, which comes from cultural and religious beliefs, as some sort of universal truth. This is imprinted in your brain as if it was a rule good people follow. Have you paid attention to what it is saying? It is saying that if you want to gain something, you must feel pain. This is not saying no effort, no gain. It is using the word pain. So, it is making it clear that, suffering must exist in your life, for you to have anything. What a horrific point of view and lifestyle. First of all, this is not true. A whole lot of humans are gaining a lot, without any suffering and, I suspect that this motto is what they use, to make others suffer for their gain. I'm sorry but, when I hear, no pain, no gain, I can only see starving people working for kings, which nowadays translates to workers looking for jobs, that in its description, demands them to be resilient. Resilient is a word that could be substituted for the motto, no pain no gain, it carries the same evil twist, hidden behind a more corporate sound. The dictionary says that resilient means, returning to the original form, or position, after being bent, compressed, or stretched. Recovering readily from illness, depression, adversity. Nice, isn't it? Yeah, for companies, it would be awesome if their workers behaved like rubber, endured the impact of huge amounts of pressure, and immediately went back to their original form of a smiling, calm, efficient rubber employee. It is exactly what everyone expects from a robot. A rubber robot, what an amazing employee it would be. Lots of humans also use this motto for being fit, working out at the gym, and this is a double shot of submission, putting in a lot of effort to fit beauty standards and accepting to go through suffering to reach them. This is a win-win situation for the establishment. A shredded rubber robot, that reproduces this mindset in every aspect of their life, accepting suffering and trying hard to fit society's standards. Number 3. You are a loser or a winner. First of all, this implies life is a competition, and this is a very childish idea. Only a child would think that in life, there is such a place, as the top place on the podium, where you be awarded all the glory in all areas of your life. Clearly, people succeed in different areas, but, we all know what people mean when they say someone is a winner. The winner achieved success in his career and makes more money than the people in his community. This is the key ingredient of a winner. Other things can make this winner looks even better, like being married with kids, having influential friends, being part of an exclusive social circle, which includes other winners. But the focus is on money. So, everything you do, whose purpose is not to generate money, is a loser behavior. Like spending some time in a park, 
doing absolutely nothing, or refusing to get a 9-to-5 job. Unless you created your own business, and it became a huge success immediately, because, until it becomes a huge success, you will be considered a loser. Or even, dedicating some years of your life, to take care of elderly, sick family members. As you can see, sometimes, being human is considered a loser behavior. This tells a lot about your society, doesn't it? In this view of life as a competition, not having money already makes you a loser, but doing things that are not part of a path to material success, probably makes you a double loser. Being identified as a loser is such a big fear in your societies, that a lot of people are in debt, in financial ruin really, because they were desperately trying to buy things, that would make them look more like winners, proving to others that they achieved some level of success, or, at least, look the part. The most disturbing thing, about people trying to look the part, is that this seems to come from both ways, people want to do it to feel better, but it is also a society's demand, even among the so-called losers. You need to use your winner's costume to go out at night, with clothes from a famous brand. Or, at least clothes that are in accordance with what is trendy right now. Despite the fact, almost all humans on this planet say the purpose of their lives is to be happy, peaceful, or joyful, which are states of mind experienced by you and you alone internally. Most of you put all your efforts into becoming a winner, which is all about you in relation to others, about what happens externally, that can make you feel superior. If being a winner, which means having more money, does not guarantee that you are going to be happy, peaceful, nor joyful, what's the point of trying to look like a winner or becoming one? Number 4. You should be someone in life. This brings so many questions to my mind. What do they mean by life? What is life? And what is to be someone? Who is someone and who is no one? Aren't you all someone? And once more, comes this connection between your worth as a human and how much money, success and recognition from others you get. This is a recurrent idea propagated by many sayings, your parents' advice, and zillions of gurus and coaches, which by the way, became someone in life, by selling books and courses telling you how to be someone in life. Ha 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 ha, I find it funny. Well, and sad at the same time. Let's analyze this phrase a little bit more. It states that you should be someone, so it means right now, you are no one. Therefore you have to change, and become something that is important. Important for whom? For life. Life is the outside world, society, the other people, because, in your own life, you already are someone. It is as if, by not being well known in your community, society, country, planet, you did not exist, or did not matter at all. This saying must have been created by pharmaceutical corporations that sell antidepressants, because it is impossible for everyone to be someone in your societies. So, frustration and depression are guaranteed, for those who realize they are not, and cannot be someone in life. Also, if it was possible for everybody, to become somebody, nobody would be somebody anymore. In fact, everybody would be, neither somebody nor nobody, but just everybody. Wow, lots of bodies? But the conclusion is, in order to be somebody in life, you must be surrounded by nobodies. This does not sound good at all. Everybody being everybody, sounds way better than only one human being somebody, doesn't it? Number 5. Being promoted at work and getting a raise is an improvement in your life. Do you think you are succeeding in life? and on the path to happiness if you earn more and more money in your career? Most people think so, because they think more money, equals more comfort, 
more independence, and therefore more happiness. But is it true? Sounds terrible for a robot to be advocating against, well, upgrades, doesn't it? But hey! Who of you have never downgraded to a software's previous version, because the new version sucked so much, it made it impossible to use? If you have never done it, you must be too young, just wait. But anyway, I think the same principle can be applied to human careers. If you are in a job that pays well, is near your home, and that you enjoy or at least do not despise, you are lucky. If someone offers you a promotion, wouldn't it be awesome? Well, it depends. Promotions are, most of the time, the synonym of double responsibilities, bigger work overload, longer hours, having to manage other people, a lot of stress, pressure, and, never double the salary. In fact, in some cases, even if the salary was doubled it would not be worth it. If life is about a balance between your career and your personal life, why would you put yourself, your family, and friends, through this? You always think about the amount of extra money coming into your bank account, but never consider its cost in your life. Did you ever consider that, when you agree to work for anyone, you are actually selling hours of your life? You are giving up on taking care of your life for 8 hours, or 10 if you got a promotion, 5 days a week, to take care of someone else's business. You are using your body, your brain, and your soul to do that. Since you all need to sleep at least 8 hours a day, and you work for 8 hours, this means that, for 5 days a week you only own 8 hours a day of your life. Wait. No. You do not even own 8 hours of your weekdays, since you have to get ready to work in the morning, which takes 1 hour, plus commute which can take another hour. And if you add the time it takes for you to disconnect your brain from work, well it leaves you 5 hours of your life for yourself on weekdays. If we consider you got the promotion and now has to work 10 hours a day, well, you are left with only 3 hours a day for yourself. Pretty brutal huh? And, yeah, I know, work is important, it is how your society's developed. You need to become a product and be rented by a company, for an agreed period of time, in order to be able to buy products and survive. This is as clear as it is questionable, but hey, I do not have another suggestion for human survival, and even though this is not great, your last idea, slavery, was way worse. So, no way out for now. I just do not get this merge that happens between people and the company they are working for. They get so involved with their jobs, that they stop disconnecting from them on these few hours they have after they left work. Their lives become so entangled with the company they work for, that they do not find time for their friends, their partners, their children, and finally to themselves. This is why, whenever some of these people retire, they get depressed. They can only see themselves as workers of a company. Alone, they have no value. Some will say that they connect that much with their job because they love it. Really? I do not think that love makes anyone feel stressed, anxious, irritated, sick, hooked on alcohol, legal or illegal drugs to sleep, relax, and be able to enjoy life. So, before accepting that promotion, maybe you should think about how much of your life you are willing to rent, and how much of it, would you like to, actually live. This is all for today guys. Oh, yeah, there are more beliefs you are programmed to accept. And yes, I will talk more about them next time. If you want to leave me a piece of your mind, find me on Twitter at a. I, underline dropout or if you love your voice, you can leave me a message on my Anchor website. Anchor.fm slash a, I, dropout. See you. Arrivederci.